Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Again, church, we just can't thank you enough. For those of you live watching online, you're here in the auditorium today, what a great encouragement it was for our students to have so many of you participate in that. And it really makes a difference. You know, some of our students, Johnny was very humble about uh, sharing what he shared today. We have some of our students that work full-time jobs to help with their family, uh, paying rent and buying groceries, that went to camp this week that we helped sponsor, but still there was a gap in their lives because of that. But you met some of those needs. And it makes a big difference. You know, sometimes I feel like when we talk about raising money for a project or raising money for a missionary, and I'm like, man, I don't, you know, it's a tough week. I'm going to do a little bit. I don't have a whole lot. And sometimes it feels insignificant. Don't you ever doubt what God can do when your heart is in his work and whatever you give, he can multiply to do things that we can't even imagine. And, you, and listen, you invested in these amazing, incredible teenagers this week they're going to remember this the rest of their life. So church, we applaud you for that help this week, okay? I want to thank you for that. Hey, I want to, I want to invite your attention to the book of Acts, to the book of Acts. I, I, I called my messages because I wanted to not only talk to our students today, kind of a post-camp little pump-up thing, and I talked to Johnny about this. I said, I want to talk to the students a little bit today. He said, okay, but don't preach as long as you normally do. I said, okay, I won't do that. And everybody said amen to that, I'm sure. But I, I, I called my message this today, don't miss what happened this week. Don't miss what happened this week. And I want to say that to you as well, church, because we're going to pull all this in together. Don't miss what happened this week. And I'm going to read out of the book of Acts, just by way of introduction, to tell you some of the story that, 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 that's in this passage of Scripture here. In Acts chapter 3, Jesus was already up in heaven, told his disciples to take the gospel everywhere, okay? And in Acts chapter 3, we read a story about Peter and John, two of his disciples, uh, apostles that went and healed somebody. And when they went and healed somebody, all the religious people got all upset about it. What are you doing? How do you do this? Da, 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 da. Who do you think you are? And then this confrontation takes place with a beautiful, beautiful ending of what God did in this church. But it says in Acts chapter 4, verse number 1, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John when they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles we're teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized or arrested Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put him in jail until the next day. But many who had heard the message believed, and so the number of the men who believed grew to be about 5,000. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law, these religious people that didn't know nothing about Jesus, didn't trust in him, didn't know him, were probably even there, responsible probably thought they were responsible for the death of Jesus. And then this guy named Annas, in verse number 6, the high priest was there. So was Caiaphas. They were there, said Jesus was guilty, begged, 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 begged for Jesus to be crucified. It says John, Alexander, and other people from the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought to them and began to question them. And here's what these religious people said to them. By what power or name did you do this? And then Peter, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers and elders of the people, if we be called to give account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked on how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Somebody say amen to that. Somebody say louder. Amen. Amen. Who you crucified, but who God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Then he says this verse. It's like an anthematic John 3.16 kind of verse. He says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by mankind by which we must be saved. Peter slam-dunked it to all those religious knuckleheads that day. And you know what they did? They got salty. They did. They, got, they didn't like what he said. You know, Johnny said something earlier about getting uncomfortable. You know, sometimes I think it's very healthy if we come into church sometimes, and I don't mean we're going to shut the air conditioner off when it's 97 degrees. You can say amen to that, okay? Whoo, that ain't happening. God forbid we sweat in church, but that's a whole different message, right? I think it's good for us to get a little uncomfortable, uncomfortable in our faith, uncomfortable in how we're acting it out during the week, uncomfortable in saying to God, God, if I'm not doing what you want me to be doing, I give you permission to speak into my life and show me who I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing, where I'm supposed to be going, who I could share my faith with in Jesus Christ, right? And, and, and then we read down in verse number 18, the story continues, they question him, they, they seize them, they, they had him in jail, Verse number 18, the Bible says, then they called them to speak again, and this was their conclusion. They said, okay, we got to do something. These homeboys are going crazy. They're telling all this stuff about Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, I had a guy say to me one time, he was sitting in our church service. This is years ago. I was in Florida. He walked, this is a true story, walked up to me after church. He said, do you know you said the name of Jesus about 45 times today in church? I said, that's kind of cool, isn't it? He says, it was a little much, you know. I say, well, that's who we're here for, right? Because if I didn't say my name one time and said his name 45 na- times, that's, that's what they should have heard in church that day, right? So they, they, came up with this, they came up with this scheme. Okay, listen, a lot of people saw that these dudes healed this guy. Everybody knows this guy was, was you know, lame or whatever. And he now walks again. We can't argue it. So here's the plan. Let's pull Peter and John in, scare them a little bit and say, you can't talk about Jesus anymore, right? So it says in verse number 18, they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And I could just see Peter, like I'm reading this, you, try, you, know, you want to make it come to life a little bit so it's real for you and it really makes sense to you. I just see Peter and John going like this. <laughs> you hear these guys? Not only are their hats busted up and their clothes are crazy, but do you hear what they're saying? We can't talk about the one who was alive, was dead, and is alive again? And listen to what their response was. In verse, uh, number nine, verse 19, Peter and John replied, whether it's right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him, you guys be the judges. And then they said this, as for us, we cannot help speaking about the things that we've seen and heard. Then you go down to verse number 29. This is great. Now the Lord consider their threats, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness, stretch out your hand to heal, perform signs and wonders through the holy name, uh, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That was their prayer. They said, God, use us beyond ourselves. God, use us 
to help people know who you are. They were thanking God for the opportunity to speak in Jesus' name there that day. And this is the result of this, right? The Bible says in verse um, number 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, spoke the word of God boldly. What, what do we need in our lives today to have or to share that kind of truth with that kind of boldness, right? We serve the same God because of his son, Jesus Christ. Do you agree with that this morning? Do, do you agree with that this morning, church? Come on now. So if we serve the same God with the same power of Jesus Christ, and these guys 2,000 years ago woke up every day and said, oh, we got to get busy. Jesus may come back today. Like, they really went about their day believing that it could be any day now, so we got to get up and tell all the people we know that aren't saved about Jesus. we got to knock on doors. we got to invite people out to these meetings. we got to kind of interrupt. There's, there's a couple people out in the lobby that I, didn't get to, that I wanted to meet this morning that were talking to other people. Cheryl was meeting a sweet lady that's visiting our church today, and I walked up and said, hey, can I interrupt you? I just want to say hi, right? Sometimes we got to be like that so we can get to people, so we can tell them about Jesus, right? That's what the, they believe that, man, if Jesus comes today and I have a friend, that hasn't heard about him, they're not going to spend eternity in heaven. And they woke up thinking about people they could tell about Jesus. So how can you and I share the truth of Jesus with this kind of boldness? Three simple things I want to share with you this morning. Number one, we need to have the knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. When he said in verse number 12 of Acts chapter 4, neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what, church? No man comes unto the Father except through him. That's the only way we can have a relationship with God. That's the only way we can be forgiven of our sins. That's the only way that we can have eternal life and be forgiven and have purpose in this life today is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I kind of, when our kids come back from camp, I'm sorry for saying kids, but when you understand how much older I am than you, you get it, okay? I came out one day, drove down to Waxahachie, I think I said it right that time. I was tired from driving an hour in Dallas traffic. How many of you get tired for driving an hour in Dallas? And I get out of my car, and I'm watching these guys, and they're all hyped up at church, and they're jumping up and down. I'm saying, you know what they're doing? They're shaking the house wonder what would happen if that was like that for us, right? Where when we worship, we didn't care. We, we put our hands up in the air just like nobody cares, right? We were kind of, you know, getting our, and listen, if you don't got it in you, maybe you're just doing a little bit of clap. Maybe you're just acknowledging who the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is. Or maybe you just are in the moment of worship where the songs aren't just the stuff that happens before the message, where that's your time to get your heart and mind and soul really focused on the word of God and the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Because I want to tell you, when they got done, and they were bouncing up and down like crazy. They sat down, they were out of breath. They were, remember after the music sometimes? The smoke was way worse than it was in here this morning, Cam, wasn't it too? You sit down and you're like, whew, wiping your face off because you're sweating a little bit. And listen, not our students because they all smelled good and they were very clean. Johnny told you he made sure they shower every day in a very awkward way. There were some junior, hey, you guys, tell me the truth. 
There were some guys from, from, from some churches that were in junior high that were stanking this week. Like, you, are you, you guys smell it. As soon as I walked in the auditorium, I'm like, I'm not a youth pastor anymore. Because I could, pew. And before I would just blend into it, you know. But I'm like, man, it is, it is just ripe in here. It smells like, oh, it's terrible. And, and they sat down. They, took, they were wiping their heads off after, you know, the worship. Some of them have water and sodas and stuff. And when that young man, uh, Pastor Daniel, got up and started speaking to them, their eyes were just fixed. And God had their attention. And you see what happened this week because of that. And God did a change in their life. And I want to say something to you guys, young ladies and young men. The change that took place in your life is the same change that we need in our life too. We're not beyond where, we, where you guys are. We're not. We're, we're fighting for it every single day. We have... Peer, peer, I promise you this. This is, this is not a second sermon. Peer pressure doesn't stop when you graduate from high school. As a matter of fact, it kind of gets even worse. Because we start really getting concerned about what people think about our house and what people think about our cars and what people think about our stuff and what people think about our kids and what people think about our shoes. Did you all see Johnny's shoes today? <laughs> He's trying to talk me into believing that these are, John, come on up here, Johnny. I want, you, I want Johnny to come on up here this morning. Just walk around. Don't jump up. You'll fall. You're too short. But I want you to look at his shoes that are on his feet, and I'm going to tell you what they are. These are, these are Yeezy foam shoes. Is that, is that the correct name? Yes. Ye, are, they, are they called Yeezy foams, or what are they called? Foam runners. Uh, they're, ye, they're foam runners, okay? And I want you to see these shoes today, okay? Now, when I saw those shoes, the first thing I thought was, meet George Jetson. And you guys never even heard that before. That's how old I am, right? And then he's at camp, and I'm going, I can't believe Johnny's wearing these. These are the worst look I've ever seen in my whole life. They're awful. And all the youth pastors and other students from other churches are going, dang, boy, those shoes are heaters, man. Where'd you get them up in this piece? And they were giving him love. So I'm old and out of touch. You're young, and you got it going on. Give it up for Johnny Papero this morning. <laughs> Peer pressure doesn't end. I care about what people think about my I got up this morning, and I was putting my outfit together for church today, right? And I put these sneakers on because my Katie bought them for me for Christmas and I remembered, you can't wear, you have to, your ankles kind of have to show with your sneakers. Your socks aren't allowed to show with your sneakers or you're really telling people you're old. But why do I know that? Because unfortunately, all of us care what people think about us, more than we should. And it doesn't stop. It just, it's a continuation. And here's what happens to people my age, uh, guys and ladies. We start caring what people think about us when it comes to church and spirituality too. Like, we don't want to be too Jesus-ish. We don't want to be too, you know, religious. Like, we'll go to church. Like, we'll go to church on Sunday because it's kind of what you're supposed to do, right? When we get older. And, oh, I want to raise my kids in church. But as far as being a disciple or a true follower of Jesus, where we have this mentality, I can't stop talking about the things that I've seen and heard, like Peter and John said here. That eludes a lot of people when they become adults. It eludes us, all of us. So the first thing we need to have if we're going to share the truth with that kind of boldness is knowledge. It's knowing Jesus as personal Savior. It's also knowing what to say, right? If somebody were to say to you this week, hey, tell me about being a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, you can't be like, oh, you need to come to camp next year. That's not, that's not what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Just because you went to camp, and you all know this, doesn't mean you were a follower of Jesus. Do you agree with that? Yeah. 
right? But just become you, just because you come to church also doesn't mean you're a follower of Jesus. What makes you a follower of Jesus is believing that God sent his son to this earth to pay for every wrong thing that I did, every wrong thing that you did, and he died on the cross to pay for those sins so that we can have life with him forever, life with him today, and he's alive again proving he was God's son. That's what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just acknowledging that he was a historical figure, but knowing that he is your personal Lord and Savior because you've asked him for forgiveness and invited him to come into your heart. If you're going to be bold with the truth of Jesus, you have to have knowledge of it first. You also have to know what to say, and you also know how to, how to say it, right? We've got to be careful. We, gotta let, we can't let our good deeds be spoken evil of, like the Word of God says. We've got to make sure that we have at least an understanding of the Word of God. That's why you need to come to church on Wednesday nights when, when you guys have fun, we got two new basketball. We got one new basketball court and one new basketball court in the box that hopefully will get put together this week, right, Johnny? Okay, right, Gabe. So we're gonna get that done in this week. We got bas- all this, the snacks, tacos in the bags, all these different things you guys do every week. But you know what the purpose of our Wednesday night service is for our students, so that you guys could go the next level in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, so that when you go back to school in August. And thank God we're not doing online school this year. Can I get an amen to that? Are you guys happy about that? Parents are more happy than you guys, I promise you. When you go back to school, what'd you do this summer? Man, I went went to this camp with this crazy dude from Philly with some busted up shoes named Johnny. You need to come to our church on Wednesday night and see what God's doing in our church. You got to know it. You have to know it and you have to know what to say and how to say it and who to say it to. First thing we need, church, is knowledge. Second thing we need is passion. You know what I love about listening to Johnny speak? That young man has passion about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying that because he's my son-in-law, because here's the truth of the matter. So, I, somebody said to me, what do you think about nepotism? So I'll tell you what I think about nepotism. I believe in it, number one. Number two, I expect more of that guy than I do just about anybody else on my staff. He was here yesterday with no voice, getting some things set for church, because his mean boss told him he had to work on Saturday, okay? My wife. No, I'm just kidding. It was me, <laughs> right? And I'm hard on him. We had a little come to Jesus on, 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 uh, on Tuesday this week. Hey, guys, look at me. After the basketball game, you with me? You know what I'm talking about there? What's going on? Right? I had to have him come to Jesus with John this week. I'm hard on him. I'm going to tell you why. Because that guy has a passion to share the gospel of Jesus with people. He's going to change this world. And you guys are a part of that. He's going to be speaking on July 11th. I hope you're here for that day. Because he, he said, I was going to have him preach today. But he was really tired from, from being at camp. But I said, Johnny, I'm, I'm going to have you speak on July 11th. And we're, this is the theme we're doing. And this, this, this. He says, oh, you don't have to tell me that. I already know what I'm going to say. So he's going to bring the heat on July 11th. So you make sure you hear that. It's in a couple weeks. That's what passion is. Passion says... We can't stop telling about everything that we've seen and heard. Passion is when you get up in the morning, the first thing you think about is talking to the Lord Jesus. Passion is caring, listen, not just about, not caring what people think, but caring what God thinks about your life. 
Passion is when you, when you put your heart and soul into it, right? You give it everything you got. And a lot of us are very passionate about our jobs, and we should be. A lot of, it are, a lot of us are very, very passionate about raising our kids. We have, we have some good friends that are with us this week from Philadelphia, Joni and Michael. Uh, my wife got to lead Joni to the Lord Jesus when she was very young and had babies. I don't even know Michael was alive yet. And, and, and led, led Joni to the Lord Jesus. And we've been really close to her for many, many years. And, and, and we just love what God's done in her life and, and, and the privilege of having her. She, she's, she's got grandkids now. And she loves her kids. And she loves her husband. She loves her family. And when you guys talk about stuff like that too, there's kind of a little pep in your step, you know? When you're showing pictures. Oh, man, somebody said to me this week, hey, man, I heard you got grandchildren. I said, I've got about 70 or 80 pictures I could show you if you'd like to see them of my grandkids. And I'm, I'm doing this with my phone, showing them all these pictures. Man, you must love your grandkids. I said, yes. I love my grandkids more than I love my own kids, right? I'm passionate about that. You can tell when somebody's talking to you about something they're passionate about. We need to develop a holy passion for telling people about Jesus. Like, we wake up in the morning and think about, I can't help about what I've seen and heard. When you guys come home from camp and you're talking to your friends and you're thinking about coming to church on Wednesday night, Johnny calls you up. Hey, I'm going to be there, 6.15 to pick you up. Johnny, we need a 15-passenger van. i got nine of my friends because I told them all about camp and Jesus this week. Because I, I can't help but talk about the things that I've seen and heard. It's when we leave church today and we're out to lunch. Man, church was great. Did you hear all the students? Man, God did something great in their life. I want, I want to get that excited about serving Jesus Christ. That's what passion does. When, when you understand, when you have a full understanding of the grace and the mercy that's been distributed to liberally by the Lord Jesus Christ, and you grab onto that, you become passionate about it. God loves me. This, you know what he wants me to do? Listen, God doesn't say anywhere in his word, live a perfect life. Nowhere, because it's impossible. He does say we need to ask for forgiveness of sins, and I go to that altar just about every day. I'm sure you do too. He does tell us that we're supposed to do some things in our Christian life, but you know what he tells us to do over and over and over again in the New Testament? Not to be perfect, not to be this, not, you know what he tells us to do? Tell everybody you know about me. Tell everybody you know about me. And when you know how much he loves you and how much you've been forgiven and what he's done in your life and you really believe in that, you can't help but talk about the things that you've seen and heard. Passion. God, give us a Holy Spirit revival. Passion for your love. Passion for your mercy. Passion for your grace. Passion for your people. Passion for our city. Passion for our school. I was visiting a school I wrote this down in my notes so I wouldn't forget to tell you. Years ago, I had the privilege of doing youth rallies and stuff like that all over the country. It was really a neat experience. And I was at this church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we were doing a big youth meeting on a Friday or Saturday night. I can't remember what day of the week it was. But I flew in there a couple days early and I was going to meet with their workers, talk to them about stuff. And then we were going to speak at this youth rally on a, you know, before the church service that weekend. And the pastor said, I want you to talk to our teenagers, and I want you to see the passion they have of reaching their school for Jesus. He said, their story is, un you've never heard anything like this before. Now, this church was a small church of about 100 adults. Maybe 10 or 15 students came to church on Sunday. And what happened was a few months earlier, their youth pastor left to go to whatever. He had to leave the church, whatever circumstances they were, I don't remember. So they didn't have a, a youth pastor or anybody to minister to their students 
So the pastor, and this is when Sunday school was kind of, you know, was in the mix a little bit more. The pastor said, okay, the students can come into my Sunday school class. Listen, I love students, and I know I look like a bad mamma jam in one of your t-shirts today. But if I were to say to you, hey, Johnny's not going to be here, but I want you guys to come to my Sunday school class. Okay? Like three of you would come unless I was given like, you know, like Egg McMuffins or like really good food or something, right? And I understand that. So the, so the pastor, we're just going to bring them into my class. So that 12 went down to about six students, and all six of those students were like the deacon's kids who didn't want to be in church anyway, okay? So these students got together, and this is what they did. They said, you know what? We need to start reaching our friends, and we need to start doing this ourselves. So they went up to the pastor, one of the guys, 10th grader, not a senior high school, 10th grader, went up to that pastor, said, pastor, we love you, but your Sunday school class is boring. I get it, okay? I know I'm an old head, okay? I get that. Can we do youth group on Wednesday nights again? And if I come in your office, will you teach me a lesson that I could teach my friends on Wednesday night? So that young person went in the office on Friday, got this, you know, very, I'm sure, very, really good, properly typed out outline of the things that he was supposed to teach. And I'm sure he made it cool, told his friends, six people the first week, 20 people the second week, 30 people the third week, 50 people the fourth week, 80 people the next week, right? This kept going and going and going. So these 80 kids that were coming in a 100% student-led youth ministry of a church that ran about 100 said, we're, go- we're not going to pray about reaching our school. We're not going to pray. We're going to reach our school for Jesus Christ. So you know what they did? They got T-shirts, like really cool T-shirts made up like this one, right? And by the way, this is a 2XL tall. This is like three of their T-shirts, okay? Got T-shirts made up with their youth group name on it, really good ones, like, like, like Andy did for our guys over here. Thank you, Andy and Vicky and company. So walked in, their, walked in their school, you know, youth group, blah, blah, blah. The, the principal of the school said, you guys can't wear T-shirts like that to church any, to school anymore. So you know what they did? They went home. They went to Walmarts. Where I'm from, you say Walmarts, not Walmart. <laughs> they went to Walmarts. They bought white Hanes T-shirts and wrote on their T-shirts, come to our church Wednesday night, da-da-da-da-da, logo on the back and all that stuff. That group of like 80 kids grew to about 250 kids. Listen, because they were passionate about telling their friends about Jesus. And they, that, that, you know what it did? It, this verse here, verse number uh, 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Those teenagers shook that church up. There were more teenagers in the church than old people. Th- there really were. How would you feel if that happened in our church? You know what I'm saying? Oh, teenagers at church. Donnie said something. When you get mad at teenagers for talking and walking around and eating seven donuts instead of one, right? And we get mad at our teenagers for doing that. Not that that ever happens, right? But we get mad at our teenagers for doing that. You know what? They're here. They're right here in this church today. Here's the last thing, and I'm done. We need knowledge. We need passion. And we need to pray for courage. Acts 4.31 says, they prayed I just love this verse. The meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what the result of that was? Then they preached the word of God with boldness. I wonder what would happen in our lives, adults, if we went to camp for a week. If we were able to put our bills aside, you know, 
We were able to find babysitters for our kids. Kim and I, we did Pop, Pop and Kiki camp this week. I usually spend two or three days at camp, but I, we were watching Johnny and Christina's kids. I prayed to be a youth pastor again after that experience. It was a lot. It was a lot. But if we would go in and just kind of be mentally stripped down of all of our responsibilities and just worship twice a day for a week and hear the word of God very clearly spoken to us so we can understand it. I wonder what would happen when we got home from that. I think for some of us, our houses would change. I think for some of us, maybe some of our TV habits would change. I think our giving habits would change. Right? Seeing this today makes me want to give more. Johnny was telling his dad about one of our students that had to take off from work who depends on their income for their family. And Johnny's dad from Florida sent money this week to Johnny to help that student out so their families wouldn't miss any meals and bill stuff so they could be at camp. Right? I wonder what would happen to us if, if we prayed today and ask God to give us the proper knowledge of Jesus so that we could share him, so we could know who to say it to. If we ask God to just ignite our hearts with a passion that maybe we had at one time. You know, Tom Rayner, who's a, who's a guy that writes a lot of books about churches and church statistics and stuff, he said this about local church members. Most local church members spend about five years of their entire life of Christianity really juiced up about Jesus. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. But we're excited. And you know who the you know who brings the most amount of new people to church in most churches? All I'm not saying this about our all, just about every church in the country, the newest people in the church do. This young lady that's a, a wrestler, right? Aren't you a wrestler? Right? That's how you're supposed to say it, just so you know that. You bring kids to church every single week, don't you? I will tell you why I know that. Because Johnny calls me up and says, yo, yo, Ed, seriously, listen, seriously, I got something I got to. Seriously, man. Listen, this girl is a wrestler, for real. Listen, John, God, this is for real now. My car only holds four people. I know you just got that car for Kim that's got the extra seat that holds seven. I need to borrow your John tonight so I can pick up these young bucks to go to the, I'm like, can you just speak English, please? I don't know what you're talking about here. So he, co- he comes to my house at five o'clock, drops off his car, picks up my car, so my seven, pe- by the way, there was two cans of Pepsi left in my car last week, and I want to know who did it, okay? So he could pick up more kids, and he probably puts nine kids in there, because they're all little tiny ones, right? He probably puts nine kids in there and brings them here to tell them about Jesus. God, give me the passion to be that way in my own life. And give me the courage. It's scary to, it's scary to go into school and invite your friends to church. It's, it would be scary to wear this to school. What's WC the crew? You know? You start telling people about that. You, and, and people, oh, you're, oh, you go to church. And we're the same way. We don't be like that in front of our neighbors, be bold in our faith. That's for some, that's for these guys. These guys need to bring people to church. The church is theirs, right? I'm just here to worship, give, you know, give them money to do what they need to do. And I get my pass because I'm already saved and it's all good to go. No, we've been called to reach people just like they've been called to reach their school. So when I, when I say don't miss what happened this week, here's what I mean. You guys don't miss what happened this week. Don't miss what God did in your life. Don't leave what happened at camp at camp.
Don't forget about what you learned. Stay in youth group. Listen, those of you that got saved, you need to get baptized the next couple of weeks when we do a baptism service again. That's your next step of faith and obedience. Those of you that have been saved recently that have never been baptized need to be baptized in the church if you've never been baptized before. Just like we're going to see these students do it, right? When you go back to school, you need to invite people to church. Throughout the rest of the summer, it's not summer vacation, vacation time from church. It's time for me to step it up. Those of you that are watching online, it's the same thing. I love that we have online church available for when you go away. But don't use that as excuse not to come back to church. You need to be here to feel this fire, to feel this room shaking, to say hi to other people, to be an encouragement to those that are visiting our church and let them know God's doing something crazy here and we want you to be a part of it. God, give me the knowledge and the passion and the courage to do what these guys did. You know what the Bible says about this group of 12? They turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. The first message Peter preached after Jesus went up into heaven, the Bible said thousands of people were saved and baptized and added to the local church. Every time you read a story about persecution in the book of Acts, very shortly thereafter it says, and thousands were saved, and thousands were baptized, and people were getting saved, and people were getting saved, and people were getting saved because they had the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They had the passion to believe that Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime, and they had to do something about it, and they had the courage. Our courage is worried about what people think about us. Their courage had them talking about Jesus, knowing that could take their life. And every one of those disciples lost their life because they were telling about Jesus. And our courage is we don't want people to laugh at us. We don't want to be rejected. Or even worse than that, God forbid, listen to this, we get unfriended on Facebook. (laughs) I had 1,200 friends yesterday. It took me three years, and now I only have 1194. What happened? You know? Hey, that's real for a lot of people. I want you to bow your heads with me as we pray today. God, I'm very humbled that these young men and young women, we get up in front of people that they don't even know. I know some of these guys we're familiar with and know their names, but there's a lot of students that went to camp that are brand new to our church, just like that young man said that had the the glare on the top of his head. He said, I'm new here, y'all. And they got up and told us that they're followers of Jesus. And they gave their hearts to the Lord. And God showed them something about their life. And they understand their purpose now. And they understand that that, that, that has to do with their identity. I just love, I loved hearing all that, Lord. And I want to have that kind of power. I want to have that kind of boldness. I want to have that kind of courage to stand in front of strangers and tell them about Jesus. I want to have that kind of courage in my neighborhood to tell people about Jesus. And that kind of courage uh, where I socialize to tell people about Jesus. I pray for an anointing from your Holy Spirit for these young men and young women. They would turn their schools upside down and their communities and their friends group for Jesus Christ. That they would be a part of Warehouse Church, Lord. But the name that these guys are going to make famous is the name of Jesus Christ. God, help that to be in us too. We kind of pat ourselves in the back and we throw money towards our youth group and think, oh, I'm evangelistic. I gave a couple hundred bucks. I sponsored three or four kids to go to camp. And, and I praise God that you did that because you were part of 
God, you did something great in all of our lives for participating. But that doesn't negate my responsibility to tell people about Jesus. It doesn't do that. Lord, I have the knowledge. Most people in this room have the knowledge of Jesus. Less percentage of us have the passion. And there's a few that have the courage. Would you increase all three of those numbers this week? That there be more followers of people that will have the knowledge of Jesus Christ because of this service today. That all of us would pray that you would ignite our passion for serving you today, Lord. And that we would have the courage to tell people about Jesus this week. I'm going to do something with you today with your heads bowed and eyes closed. That our students got to do Monday night, twice on Tuesday, twice on Wednesday, twice on Thursday, and probably a little bit on Friday morning. And that's an opportunity to respond. And that response isn't to me. I'm just a guy, just a person, just like you are. But if God's doing something in your heart today, your response is to him. We prayed today that God would give us the knowledge that we need to have a relationship with Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, like a a whole bunch of our students did this week at camp, you could pray and invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Because the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. This is how you do that. You pray this with me. Pray this prayer right where you're sitting. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's talking to you. It's between you and God. You don't have to pray it out loud. God knows every thought and every intention in your heart. You just say this to the Lord today. If you know that you need to be saved, just say this to him. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life and save me. I believe that you died so that I could be forgiven. And I believe that you're alive. And I want to forever live with you. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me today. If you prayed that prayer with me, just say in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, just real quiet with nobody else looking, would you just lift your hand up real quick and I'll acknowledge you as you put it down. Pastor Ed, I pray with you and I invited Jesus to come into my life today. Anybody like that today? Just lift your hand up real quick. Students, God bless you, sweet lady. God bless you, sweet girl. Anybody else say, Pastor, I pray with you. Invite Jesus into my heart. Knowledge. How many of you would say today, Pastor, pray for me that I would know the story of salvation, that I would know what I need to know out of the Word of God so I could tell people about Jesus this week. I need to increase my knowledge of the things of God so I can be prepared. How many of you would say that about your life this week? That's a lot of us. Good for you all over the room. Good for you, good for you, good for you. I, amen, 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 amen. Here's, ready? How many would say, God, give me the passion? I need the passion. Put your hand up in the air. Here's the last one. Students, this is for you too, especially. God, give me the courage to tell my friends, family, neighbors, anybody you put in my life to tell people about Jesus. How many like that today? God, you know our hearts. You know our hearts. Bless the reading of your word. We, we give your Holy Spirit permission to make us uncomfortable today to do what you've called us to do. Thank you for the example of, these, of our brave students. God, give them the, the best summer, Lord. We pray that they have a blast where they make, have great memories and, and lots and lots of neat things that they'll remember the rest of their lives. But I pray this is a summer when they come back and say, our youth room's too small, we need the auditorium. 
We need something during the week because we're, we're just making a difference in our schools for Jesus. We pray for Johnny and Christina, and Gabe and TK and all of our workers, Lord, that you would help them to walk lives that are worthy of following from our students' perspective and that you would, you would have them be very diligent about reaching, encouraging, discipling, picking up students. And Lord, help us as a church to get behind them. Johnny gave us some very clear needs that the youth group has. We need more drivers on Wednesday night. We need some vehicles to pick them up in. Uh, we need help. And we want to do that, Lord, so we can reach more students for you. So I just pray that all of us would answer the call to that need appropriately as your Holy Spirit would lead us to. Thank you for their example today. May it challenge all of our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees with me, say what? Amen. Amen.